deliberation on the ultimate reality culminating in intuitive experience by shri db gangulli published by adhyatma prakash karyalaya bangalore this is the eighth book we are seeing in the english series <coughs> first session we have seen in this book this is the second session today om shri gurubhyo namaha harihi om shri ganeshaya namaha dr krishnamurthi shastri dambey punacha bantwal taluk dakshin kannada jille karnataka india bharat the method of studying the vedanta philosophy this is the eighth topic <laughs> how should the vedanta philosophy studied vedanta is not the vain exercise of deliberating in the manner that statement means this this statement means such and such this agrees with our acharya's teaching that does not <laughs> the ultimate reality propounded by vedanta transcends time and space if what is stated in the vedanta sentences can be intuited or cognized as one's own experience then whosoever may state that to wit may explain or elucidate that intuitive experience it should be accepted it should not be ignored saying that a young boy named shankara had said that yukta yuktam upadeyam baladapi shukadapi this wise statement of our knowledgeable forebears means what does it matter as to who said it as long as what is said in consonance with reasoning and intuitive experience even if it is stated by a boy or a parrot it should be accepted shri shankara has affirmed that the vedanta philosophy pertains to an entity which can be intuited here and now not only that that reality about which he speaks is the only one that is in full agreement with the consummate intuitive experience purnanubhava this is not mere praising or uh, eulogizing him but the truth in s of life taken in its entirety as it is as the ultimate reality that is propounded by vedanta is cognizable equally by everyone there is no binding regulation whatsoever that that intuitive experience of the reality should be known exclusively through sanskrit of the upanishads people of the various states of india through their regional languages or their own mother tongues as also foreigners through their respective languages can understand it when communicated the aspirants can thus know through those means alone let anyone at any time at any place and in any language expound this truth or reality as it is then that ultimate reality of the supreme self is one and one only that is non dual consequently the intuitive experience of that unitary absolute reality beyond time space and causation and the fruit or benefit accruing from such a knowledge too are one and the same alone <clears throat> ninth point the necessity of the bhashyas <laughs> here a question arises why should not anyone straight away read the upanishads themselves and deliberate upon them 
where is the need for a bhashya bhashya the answer to this question is those who acquire uh, the knowledge that is their real purport of the vedantas upanishads directly from the sentences of the upanishads themselves they may certainly do like that indeed those who acquire the knowledge of the vedantas directly from the sentences of the upanishads themselves they may certainly do like that indeed but everyone does not get the intuitive knowledge directly from the upanishads to many the answer to the question what is the purport of the upanishads is not known at all in order to make it known to such people the bhashyas that is shri shankara's commentaries alone become a necessity by ourselves we may sing or hum some tunes and feel happy too but merely on that count can we teach others the significance or sub subtleties ne the science of music just because some people of nature some people by nature can sing merely on that ground can we say that the science or art of music itself is not needed at all we are all using electric bulbs merely by pressing a button light comes into being just on that count will the science that explains the essential or innate nature and behavior or functions of electricity become needless those who wish to study that science by themselves and have the capacity to communicate that knowledge to others too should necessarily study that science under the tutelage of a professor a qualified scientist but for the other layman it is enough if they buy sufficient number of bulbs according to their needs and pay the electricity bills is it not similarly those who have the capability of expounding and me- expounding the meaning of the sentences of the vedantas that is the upanishads and of determining the essential nature of the ultimate reality of brahman or atman through discussion and elaboration should necessarily study the upanishadic texts and should communicate to others also the knowledge of the secrets or subtle meanings those who themselves study the scriptural texts practice the scriptural teachings disciplines sadhanas in the true spirit and then teach others around them to inculcating in them the purport of those teachings by way of sadhanas in their day to day life such people are called acharyas that is teachers or teachers or preceptors preceptors shri shankaracharya cognized in that manner the teachings of the vedantic philosophy taught them to the people of his times and finally through his extant bhashyas benefited the future generations too by providing the guidelines for attaining the summum bonum of those vedantic teachings for that reason alone he has been known as a maha vedanta acharya that is a great vedanta teacher spiritual teacher but nowadays there is no need at all for everybody to study the upanishadic texts in that manner it is enough if the ordinary common people who aspire to attain the enlightenment or beatitude surrender unto a genuine merited teacher and adopt their day to day life and behavior in consonance with his teachings and guidance merely on that count they can attain the intuitive experience of the ultimate reality of the self and become fit to fulfill the supreme purpose of human existence that is purushartha 
नेक्स्ट डिफेक्ट्स इन द स्टडी ऑफ प्रेजेंट डे एस्पिरेंट्स टेंथ पॉइंट एमंग द प्रेजेंट डे एस्पिरेंट्स ऑफ द नॉलेज ऑफ द वेदांतिक रियलिटी मेनी डू नॉट वांट द उपनिषद्स नॉर द वेदांत सूत्रस दैट इज एफोरिजम्स नॉर द भाष्यस फॉर देम एनी वन इंडिविजुअल्स वर्क प्रकरण ग्रंथ वेदर इट बी ए टेक्स्ट इन सैंस्क्रिट और एनी रीजनल लैंग्वेज इट इज इन बै फॉलोइंग इट दे गेट ए ग्रेटर सेंस ऑफ ऐडेंटिफिकेशन एंड प्राइड इन इट्स टीचिंग्स एंड देर बै दे क्वारल एमंग दम सेल्स दि मेथडालजी ऑफ डेलिब्रेशन ऑफ वेदांता इज नॉट लाइक दिस एट आल जस्ट लाइक द लॉजिक दैट इफ इन अवर टाउन द लेक वाटर ईज रिसीव्ड थ्रू ए पाइप इन एवरी वन टाउन वाटर मस्ट हैव बीन रिसीव्ड फ्रॉम द लेक एलोन If from one textbook I get the knowledge and thereby if I affirm obstinately that everyone should invariably gain that knowledge from that particular text alone, that type of attitude can never be proper or reasonable. Another aspect also should be considered. In Vedanta, the majority verdict is not at all important. This may be acceptable for political deliberations where democratic principles are acknowledged, but for the determination of the ultimate reality, it is not so. Many people state that in deep sleep there exists avidya, that is ignorance. Therefore, avidya exists therein. This kind of logical argument has been based on the majority verdict or opinion, but not in tissue experience. How is the tissue experience of deep sleep? Deep sleep. what is meant by avidya is there an intuitive experience which enables one to cognize whether avidya exists in deep sleep or not thus one should deliberate intuitively if there exists an intuitive experience to the effect that avidya exists in deep sleep if any person whosoever he may be states that it should be accepted if not even if many people state that it that is avidya exists therein it should not be accepted that's all 11th point what is meant by anubhava that is intuitive experience the argument of the type this is our experience therefore we agree or accept it is not proper for what is meant by experience the feeling or reaction at the psychological level that is in the mind or heart that any one particular individual experiences or accrues once at a particular period of time is not referred to here in this text as anubhava in the ordinary parlance translated as experience hunger anger etc are not called here anubhava on the other hand that cognition or consciousness which everyone gets in an identical same manner is called anubhava here for example the cognition knowledge that is gained through the eyes is universal to every person form alone appears or is cognized through the sense organ of the eyes no one hears a sound through the eyes it should be evident from this deliberation now that anubhava that is intuitive experience means the knowledge cognition or consciousness which is the real entity but not a mere feeling or concept shri shankaracharya has called this kind of universal as also plenary comprehensive intuitive experience of the innate nature of pure absolute consciousness of or uh, knowledge alone anubhava it is his opinion that logical disputation should be carried on in accordance with intuitive experience or pure consciousness unless one carries out deliberation or discrimination taking the support of intuitive experience pure absolute consciousness 
which is universal the determination of the ultimate reality of brahman or atman is not possible at all the advantage that accrues from the vedantic deliberation 12th point by the examination carried out so far it is established that by deliberation in consonance with the universal intuitive experience the determination of the ultimate reality of the self should be made is it not now what is the benefit or advantage that accrues from this kind of deliberation this question may be asked by any person for there is no rule of law whatsoever that merely being an agreement with universal intuitive experience any deliberation will necessarily yield any benefit or will be purposeful one can ask in this regard a question of the type i saw a kind of an uh, insect on the bank of a pond it was just like a hay stalk unless it was observed meticulously it could not be reckoned at all at any insect as an as any insect by anyone whosoever he might be since to anyone who looked at the insect it invariably appeared in the same manner it could be said that its experience was universal indeed merely on that count what benefit or advantage could possibly accrue from the deliberation on that insect the answer would be undoubtedly no benefit or gain accrues at all similarly one can raise a question of the type what is the benefit or gain accruing from the deliberation on brahman the ultimate reality that is indicated in the vedantic texts is it not in the upanishads it has been stated that by this kind of deliberation the ultimate or supreme goal of human life itself is attained in the daitiriya upanishad it is stated it is stated that one who intuits or cognizes that brahman the ultimate reality which exists in his hridaya that is heart alone will attain the fulfillment of all the desires together in the katopanishad it is stated when all the desires in the heart are got rid of vidyate hriday granthi when uh, then a mortal being becomes immortal the bhagavad gita states he alone is a sthita prajna that is one who is firmly established in the pure absolute consciousness or intuition the question that uh, confronts us now is by the vedantic or intuitive deliberation whether such a supreme or profound benefit accrues or not and this problem has to be solved invariably by ourselves cognizing or intuiting that ultimate reality of the self atman in ourselves here and now there are some holy men who are genuine vedantins and they are always peaceful with immense mental equipoise they are always happy jovial by temperament even the people who meet and see them get rid of their miseries and gain a pronounced sense of solace what could be the nature of their intuitive experience that is establishment in the pure consciousness if such contentment is attained by us within ourselves introvertedly it amounts to our gaining the supreme profound purpose benefit of vedanta philosophy indeed in the vedantic deliberation our prejudices born out of either attachment or hatred towards anything or any person should not be brought into the reckoning the preconceived resolution of the type for us the ultimate reality should be like this or it should not be like that is not proper suppose one goes to a goldsmith 
hands over a gold ornament and asks him to find out its weight, carat, etc. When all the details are gone into by the goldsmith in his presence, can that owner allege that the goldsmith is quoting a lower weight and a lower carat and thereby get angry against the goldsmith? Similarly, the inquirer should rub the entity here in this context, the reality against the touchstone of intuitive deliberation and then decide to determine the reality as it really exists. Sri Shankaracharya calls such reality as the ultimate absolute reality, Brahman, Atman, as propounded by Vedanta. Those others who have deliberated upon it also have cognized this Brahman or Atman, the innermost self or of everyone, by intuition alone, in the same manner to culminate here and now, culminate here and now in their direct intuitive experience of pure consciousness. In the same way, we should also cognize it so as to culminate in our intuitive experience as pure consciousness. That aspect alone is the most important one for the true seeker or aspirant. Here in this context, we should not attach much value or importance to phenomena like Samadhi, Trance, Siddhis, Magical or Mystic Powers, Mahimas, Miracle Mongering, Superhuman Acts, etc. Not that phenomena like those of Samadhi, Siddhis, Mahimas of great sages in the empirical sphere do not have any value whatsoever, but it should be discerned that they by themselves do not serve as any criteria to prove or establish the truths of Vedanta philosophy, which are metaphysical or transcendental beyond the empirical sphere, beyond time-space causation categories, beyond all mental concepts. Here in Vedanta, the ultimate reality of Brahman or Atman alone is the most important teaching to wit as the only non-dual entity in the ultimate analysis. Our ancient holy seers or sages say that the benefit that accrues from the intuitive knowledge of Atman, that is the self or of the essential nature of pure being consciousness bliss, is of the utmost value to everyone. To avail of it, everyone without any exception whatsoever can treat it as his or her birthright. By attaining that intuitive knowledge or experience, all of us human beings should fulfill the supreme purpose or goal of this precious human birth or existence. The Vedantic deliberation should not be carried out because of a conception of the type. Vedanta is the hallmark of the greatness that is to be essentially and invariably found among people beyond to a, beyond, uh, belonging to a higher strata of society. Only such of them have it. Let us also try to attain it. On the other hand, the true seeker should practice these Vedantic teachings with all fervor and a high sense of dedication and aspiration to suggest the Vedantic intuitive deliberation is a spiritual science which leads everyone among us, irrespective of our caste, creed, race, nation, sex, religious beliefs, etc., to attain the intuitive knowledge of the essential nature of pure being, consciousness, bliss of our own innate, innermost Atman or Self. By that means we attain the supreme goal or the summum bonum of human life or birth. Therefore, we should discard all other considerations, prejudices and misconceptions and wholeheartedly pursue this intuitive deliberation to its fruition. Proportionate to the intensity and severity with which we carry out our intuitive deliberation, backed up by a judicious spiritual course of disciplines and practices, there is bound to be an immense gain or benefit. 
in fact this highly rational scientific methodology that vedanta philosophy as expounded by the triad of vedantic canons with the 10th principal upanishads the bhagavad gita and the vedanta sutras adopts though terse and highly subtle is surely a clincher so this ends the second session in deliberation on the ultimate reality culminating in an intuitive experience by shri db ganguly in the third session we shall discuss the scriptural method of teaching atman the reality hare rama shri sachidananda arpitamastu lokasthamasta sukhino bhavantu sarve jana sukhino bhavantu शंकराध्याचार्यानाम अनुग्रहोस्तु ब्रह्मज्ञानम भवतु हरि ओं तत्सत्